0: Hey, Doing Ministry Well listeners, it's November. We're going to run this segment every week of this month asking for your help. If you found the show to be of value to you, would you consider making a donation to help keeping the show going? If you can donate, you can donate over at doingministrywell.com. If you can't at this time, we completely understand there's other ways you can help us out. Please generously share this show with your friends on social media. Also, you can help us out by going over to iTunes and rating and commenting. I think right now we only have about three comments on our show, and so it'd be awesome if we could fill that comment section up. Thank you guys so much. Have a happy November, and enjoy the show. Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Audible.com and Doing Ministry Well have teamed up to bring you a free 30-day trial so that even if you don't have time to sit down and read a book, you can listen to some of the great resources that are shared here. Sign up at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. All right. Hello, everyone, and thank you for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. Today, we are in Dalton, Georgia, with the very famous Jeremy Owens. Jeremy, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks for
0: having me. You're welcome. You're looking at me a little funny. Why is that? You said I was very famous. You're famous in my world. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, we met in uh, 2003 when I was doing my DTS at YM Nashville, Mm -hmm. and you and your wife are the most incredible. worship leaders.
1: Mm, that's debatable.
0: <laughs> um, and the last time we hung out, you were coming through Nashville, We grabbed coffee, and then before that, you guys led worship for my wedding, which was a real
1: yeah, awesome, time.
0: awesome time. So, yeah. Um, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about um, how long you've been in ministry and what you're currently doing. Um, well, I've
1: been in ministry a long time because my father is a lifetime youth minister. So... I've technically been in ministry my entire life, uh, because whenever you're the child of a minister, you are a minister as well. Um, but, no, I, for my own personal life, I've been doing ministry since high school. Um, been in some bands that our goal was ministry, and so, therefore, I consider that probably the start of it. But, um you know, stepping out and into what I feel like God's purposed me to do was probably when I went to YWAM. Hmm. I really felt God called me to be a worship leader. And um, back back in 1998, <laughs> uh, I went and visited YWAM Nashville, and they told me about this school that they were going to be launching called the School of Music and Worship, and I was all about it. Hmm. So that actually was what helped me make my decision to even go to that school. Hmm go to I'm in the first place.
0: Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you're currently involved in.
1: Um, well, I was on staff at a church for about seven and a half years as the associate worship minister. Um, and over that time, probably, I don't know, four years into that seven and a half, I really felt like God started shifting my heart more and more towards discipleship. And I didn't know what that meant. And uh, just studying leadership and discipleship, and um, some my dad and another guy named Eddie Taylor came to me and they said, "Hey, we want to just cast a vision to you for something that's been on our heart called the Summit Training Center, and it's a training center, it's a discipleship and leadership training school that we uh, we want to start, and we want to know if you want to be involved in it." Hmm. And uh, that was probably about. Two years ago, so I kept working at the job I was at and, you know, not knowing if it was what God wanted me to do. And finally everything came to a head and um, I quit my job and stepped out in faith. And we launched this thing last September with 12 students in our first year. And so we, have, we are running a ministry, um, discipleship, and leadership training school.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Tell us about a little bit about what that looks like on the day to day.
1: Well, on the day to day we um it's a nine month school, so we run from September to May. And um it's a uh every day well, Monday through Thursday, we do intercession and worship eight thirty to nine thirty and then um depending on the person coming to teach, we have a different teacher come every week, and we focus on a different subject every week. And um, depending on the teacher, we might start teaching right at 9.30. Sometimes teachers start at 10. Um, we have Sometimes we have devotion time. Sometimes we break into small groups. Um, but basically, we go from 8.30 to noon every day, and we have worship, intercession, teaching, um, and we're just doing life together and... Um, learning how to be better Christ followers. Hmm.
0: You mentioned that each week you have a different topic. What are some of those topics that you've had?
1: Um, well, the whole first part of the school, we really we do a lot of inner focus stuff, um, help them to see who they are, who God's made them to be, and um, we focus on what our strengths and what our weaknesses are. And then probably a month into it, we... We take our eyes. We try to take our eyes off of ourselves, and we try to stop what, what Eddie calls navel gazing. Huh. And uh, we try to take our eyes off ourselves and put our eyes back on Jesus, and let Him take the wheel. And um, no, nope, not no cheesy pun intended there. Uh, no song references. <laughs> um, Definitely went through my head. But uh, but no, we we cover a lot of things. We cover a lot of heart issues, and we cover a lot of practical things. Um, we talk about um, culture of honor. We talk about humility. We talk about evangelism, the gospel. Um, we talk about um, public speaking. We talk about what it looks like to be in youth ministry, what it looks like to be in children's ministry, what it looks like to be on the mission field uh, in, in a foreign country. So we cover a lot of things in the school, um, and really it's a lot of character development which, that they can use even in the secular world if God has them doing ministry in the secular world too.
0: Hmm. Are these students all local, or are they kind of coming from all over? We have—it's about half and half.
1: Um it's a little more half, more than half local. Um, some of the students attend the church that I was on staff at before. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them attend the church here, which we are we are operating the school out of a church here in Dalton, Georgia, called Church on the Hill. And um, some of them attend here, a couple of them. And uh, some of them, we had four students move up from Florida to be a part of the school.
0: Hmm. Did they know each other before? Or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so the school is a part of an organization called Family Discipleship Ministries, and these students um, came up in a youth group whose youth pastor is affiliated with Family Discipleship Ministries, hmm. and so we do events through Family Discipleship Ministries, a lot of youth events and some young adult events, um, but the youth events, we do one in the fall or in the winter called Winter Retreat, and then we do one in the summer called Adrenaline, and uh So I have had the privilege to lead worship and meet a lot of these students in the past, and some of them have even even interned for their youth pastor down in Florida. Hmm. So um, they know that they have a calling on their life to be in ministry, and they just wanted to take the next step towards that.
0: Hmm. So another component, so they're moving up here, they have to find their own housing?
1: Yes. um, We do help. We have a lot of awesome people in the church here who have offered housing. obviously temporary housing. Uh They didn't say, hey, move in forever. But um, a lot of the – there's some people who offer host homes, and they do pay rent to stay in there. People aren't just, like, offering them up for free. And it's something we encourage. Um, One thing that we do encourage each student to do is have at least a job where they can work 20 hours a week Uh so they can be involved in the community and uh, be doing things – out and about, and not just being stuck here at the at the school and just not, not interacting with other people. So we encourage them to have a job. We encourage them to serve in whatever church they're attending, um, and then they are obviously in class for about 20 hours a week as well. So um, yeah, they have to—we encourage them to have a job. We encourage them— to pay their host home, but they they can work out their own arrangement with their host home. And we we talk to each of the host homes, and we say we tell them that we're encouraging them to pay, and so we actually have had one host home tell the person living there they didn't have to pay. So you know it's up to them ultimately, but um, a lot of the host homes will do that and charge them something at least for the utilities that they're using.
0: Sure, sure. Um, Kind of just specific to the school, what would you say, you guys are starting to wrap up, got a month left, what would you say has been the highlight of your school so far? Um,
1: The highlight for me is um, hearing little testimonies here and there. um, I had a mom of one of the girls in the school come up to me and say, you know, my daughter came home last night and she said, Mom, um, I, I think I can do ministry now. Hmm. I think that I have what I need to step out and do what God's calling me to do. I feel more confident in, in what God's called me to do, and I feel more confident in my abilities to do it. Hmm. Wow. And um, for me, that's that's awesome to hear. And second thing, that you said the highlight, but I'm going to give you two. Is that sure. okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, part of what we're asking them to do is we've asked them to do some practical, uh, what we call practicums. So it's like a it's an assignment that they have to do to kind of put into practice what they've been learning. And so the one practicum was they had to do a 15 to 30 minute teaching mm-hmm. or sermon whatever they chose if they, if they wanted to take a teaching style or a preaching style. And uh, I was blown away. Uh, by their abilities and their their ability to communicate and communicate clearly and um, the anointing that they were communicating out of, mm-hmm. and it was it just blessed me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, kind of big picture, um, it doesn't have to be specifically this school, but kind of all your all your time in ministry. Is there one story that you can look at, or a couple stories that you're just like, man, these were highlights of ministry?
1: Hmm. Well. Um I think, because of the culture and the world we live in, I think I had a lot of ideas about what successful ministry looked like um, before, but those have completely been blown out of the water.
0: and um, expand on that a little bit. What were you, what were you thinking that success in ministry would look like?
1: As a young worship leader, um, you want to be, you see people who are "quote unquote" famous Christians, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know you kind of you kind of might get a little starry-eyed, mm. uh, where you think that you can do exactly what they're doing. But ultimately, for me, it's knowing that the highlight for me is knowing that God has a specific purpose for my life, mm. and um, that I'm doing it and that He's pleased with me. Like, we've seen God's favor in this season of our life like we haven't ever for my family. And, um, you know, another highlight for me is having a family um, because ultimately I'm responsible to minister to them first. And um, just being able to see my boys growing up and minister to them and just... Like, my son Oliver's getting baptized this coming Sunday. Awesome. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, so, honestly, that that's probably a highlight for me.
0: Cool. Yeah, I really feel like lately God's... Even this past weekend, I was hanging out with some friends in Indiana, and they were kind of talking, and I felt like God was just saying, like, I'm looking for faithfulness, not fame. Mm-hmm. And I, that was really good for me to hear, because I do. I think that our American culture, we equate fame with you know, arriving to what God's will is. And it's, mm-hmm. I think that there are some famous people that are fulfilling God's will, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe God has a different calling on each Absolutely. person and that might not include fame. So kind of on the flip side of the highlight, what do you feel like your, has been your biggest struggle in ministry? And then how did you overcome that?
1: Um, learning how to lead from the second chair, learning how to be a leader when my leaders aren't are struggling leading, <laughs> um, I think all of us have seen you know churches organizations, whatever uh, struggle and struggle to you know operate the ministry or the organization that uh, they are, but Learning how to still submit and learning how to, um, just know when it, the, God's timing is saying step out and do this or, you know. I think I think the biggest struggle for me is learning how to be a humble and <laughs> humble leader, mm-hmm. um, and I think the biggest. That's a terrible word because most people shy away from the word leader. Like, oh, I'm not a leader. I don't... You know, God's called us all to be leaders. Um, At the very least, we're called to lead ourselves. And, um, you know, I think for me, having a family and kids has been a big eye-opener. And it's been a way for me to see that there's a lot of people that are wanting to be led... And, um, but doing that in humility and, uh, keeping my focus on, on God and what he's called me to do has nothing to do with me at all. Hmm. So,
0: yeah, kind of, can you give us a story or an example of, of working under a leader that's maybe not leading and, and what that process looked like for you, how you walked out that humility? Um,
1: hmm. That's hard. Uh, I think. I think just insecurity is such a huge thing for people who. Um, a lot of leaders are insecure, and they don't realize. Well, they might. Re- they actually, Some of them do realize it, but a lot of times they. Um, they let their insecurity affect their relationships with their employees or their uh, staff or whoever um, even church members if they feel threatened by um, the people under them and um, in those moments it's really just good to see God's heart for them and to encourage them uh, and I haven't always done that well. I haven't, uh, in, in fact, in YWAM, I think I've failed at that. And I, I left YWAM probably, I think God was telling us to leave, but I didn't leave as good as I could have. Huh. Um, and I have since called some people and apologized to them, uh, for my attitude. And they're like, oh, really? I had no idea there was anything wrong between us. <laughs> And it was probably my own feelings that were hurt more than the other person's. But, um, you know, I've tried to take that lesson into the churches that I've worked in. Um, And I've seen other people in churches try to turn me against my leaders and turn me against my co-staff because they had a problem with people. And, you know, you can always find someone... If you're looking hard enough to take your side in a bad situation Um, and so I just want to encourage people in ministry don't be that person (laughs) to join sides against leaders just find lovingly ways to encourage them because encouragement is the only thing you know it says kindness leads us to repentance (laughs) and I think that um, I think that that's a true statement whether it's Jesus showing his kindness or us showing kindness to others. So um, that's just a lesson that's been hard.
0: Hmm, That's good. That's good. All right, we'll be right back, and uh, Jeremy's going to share with us three practical tips to doing ministry well. If you haven't checked out the new doingministrywell.com website, check it out. We chose Swissco to do our overhaul and are so happy with the results. Swissco makes ministry websites beautiful and hassle-free. Schedule a free consultation today at Swissco.us. Hi, this is Brian Ensminger. If you enjoyed Doing Ministry Well, we'd really appreciate it if you'd check out the Engaging Missions show, where we deliver God's stories to your earbuds. You can find us at engagingmissions.com. All right, and we're back here in Dalton, Georgia with Jeremy Owens. Uh, Jeremy, please share with us three tips on doing ministry well.
1: Well, I don't feel qualified to share (laughs) tips on doing ministry well, but I will do my best shot. Um, First tip, number one, I would say ministry is all about people, so love people. Um, If you find yourself... uh, frustrated, overly frustrated with people, maybe you need to talk to Jesus about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I'm not good at is encouraging people. Um, but I heard Chris Valentin say one time, we as ministers, and this is a second tip, Um, instead of pointing out people's flaws we should be speaking to the potential that God sees in others Hmm. and not pointing out where people are falling short but encouraging them in the areas that they are good at and and the potential that God has for them in his kingdom um and the third tip is figure out what you're not good at and hang around people who are good at those things Hmm. Um, in short find a mentor or find mentors in your life because you can sit and stare at the paint on a wall and think that it's a different color than it is but it's never going to change unless you get up and do something about it and so for me finding um, mentors and hanging around people who are good at the things that I'm not good at that I would like to be good at has been huge for me um and for me it's been encouraging people Hmm. hanging around uh encouraging leaders um it's not only good for my soul to be encouraged but it's helped me to become a more encouraging better leader Hmm. myself um
0: so yeah those are my three tips yeah um let's just unpack those a little bit so ministry is about people love people and then you just kind of talked about like man maybe there's some times where it's it's hard to love people Do you feel like you have a story or a time that you have had a hard time loving people? And how did you walk through that process? Um, Yeah,
1: honestly, um, there's been lots of different seasons of having to show extra grace to specific individuals. And um, it's usually people who are a lot like you in some ways, and that's why they end up frustrating you. Uh, and then there's some cases that there's just people that um, they like to push the boundaries, and they like to push you to your limits. Um, and I think for me, honestly, listening to that Chris Valentin quote, I think you can diffuse people with encouragement more than others. Yeah. And so I found that when people are being hard and they're they're being hard to deal with and they're questioning leadership, if you take a minute and just encourage them, it, it usually silences them. Yeah. And you don't have to you're obviously not going to encourage them for being frustrating mm-hmm. and in the frustrating things, you can you can encourage them in a way that has nothing to do with what they're doing to frustrate you. And it
0: usually will still um, help them and help you at the same time. Hmm. The whole encouraging thing, can you think of a story where you've really been encouraged? Someone really called out your destiny, called out your potential? Dude,
1: so many times. um, I think of so many leaders who have encouraged me and taken time out of their personal life to encourage me over the years. Um, And I think... Honestly, I think that I can do that because there's been very few leaders mm. who are good at that, mm. and so that's why they stand out. Mm-hmm. I think more and more leaders need to become encouraging, so it's going to be harder and harder to pinpoint those encouraging times. Mm. If we were doing what the church should be doing, we would be encouraging each other and prophesying to each other on a daily basis. Mm. Um the things of the kingdom. Oh. But um, I think of Sam Duram in YWAM. He spoke so much life into me. I think of Dean Sherman taking time out of his daily schedule to come over and eat lunch at me and my wife's YWAM apartment. <laughs> a YWAM apartment isn't a real apartment. <laughs> um, I And just... I think of... Mark Baxter, um, he's just such an encouraging guy in every way. Um, there's just so many people and instances where I can think of that spoke life into me and into the future that God has for me, and even just like giving, you know, words that God spoke to them for me. Um, it's just been an awesome journey that I've walked in and then people in FDM you know I, I don't know if I've mentioned Eddie Taylor's name but he's probably the most encouraging dude to be around um, constantly talking about the destiny and the purpose that God has for me hmm. so. so good
0: I'm just thinking of a story about encouragement um, we were when I was living in Hawaii we went down every Tuesday night to Waikiki and did homeless outreach and there was a secular group there that ministered to the kids homeless kids down there and they wanted to meet up with the pastor, and they just weren't fond of church groups because you know they were down there all the time. And so when they got around us, they were just really cold. And there was young DTS students um, that were like, "Oh, hey, what church are you from?" And they're mm-hmm. just like, "We're not from a church," you know. <laughs> And I could tell that they were just, you know, had their walls up towards us and everything. And so I was just like, "Hey, I'm just gonna encourage them." So I just went over to one of the people and just like, "Hey, I think it's awesome what you're doing. It's awesome that you guys are down here every single day. You know, we only come down once a week. Thank you so much for your investment in these in these kids, Mm -hmm. in these people on a regular basis." And it was amazing how like that totally opened up conversation. Like body language changed. and it is it is awesome that that's that's what they're doing Mm -hmm. and it was cool that that just that word of encouragement totally tore down walls yeah so how would you say or how would you advise us to really develop a discipline of encouragement
1: i mean honestly if you don't naturally flow in encouragement hang around people who do Mm -hmm. um if you know anything about the disc profile find some eyes and People who are people people and just spend your time, spend intentional time with them Hmm. because you can't, honestly, where I probably still struggle with this the most is encouraging my wife and my kids Hmm. because at the end of the day, I'm not around the people who are encouraging and I might be a little tired, I might be a little self-focused and it's when we get our eyes on ourselves that we stop doing the things that God's calling us to do. And um, But for me, I would just say spend time around people who are like that, that, that are encouragers. and um, Maybe pick, pick someone intentionally who you know is a difficult person to encourage and <laughs> try to encourage that person.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome, and then that last tip—just mentors. That's so good. Um, Who is currently mentoring you in your life and ministry?
1: Um, I'd say Eddie Taylor Mm -hmm. is a is a strong mentor in my life right now. Um, Over the years, I've tried to find uh, different mentors here and there. I'd say a lifelong mentor for me is Pete Zafuentes. He he's in YWAM. He's at YWAM Montana. And uh, we have phone conversations every now and then. and He he is an encourager too. Yeah. I find it interesting that I'm so terrible at encouraging and both of the people I consider mentors are <laughs> really awesome encouragers. Hmm. Pizza Fuentes is the guy that when he sees you, he'll walk up to you and be like, has anybody told you that you're loved today? <laughs> and I'm like, no, but I feel loved now. That's awesome. Uh, but he'll... Uh, He'll write on my Facebook wall that exact phrase sometimes, or he'll, um, you know, call me up or text me and just do his thing, which is encouraging. And he's so good at it.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Last question for today is just what's been inspiring you lately? Is there a book, a resource that, uh, yeah, has really been serving as a place of inspiration?
1: Um, you know, I think. Um, Digging into the Gospels and just seeing the way Jesus discipled and mentored the disciples and seeing how um, they walked it out has um, just been a, a continual point of inspiration for me. Yeah. Um, and seeing how the way I've been taught like things of the Bible and things about Jesus is just almost polar opposite of actually how it was. Hmm. And not that I, there wasn't ill intent in teaching. It's just... It was probably teaching from a place of self-focused or a, a misunderstanding of who Jesus was. Hmm.
0: Can you give an example of that? Something that you were taught and then <laughs> when you got back and read the Word. It was like, ah, no, maybe it wasn't it. Um, well, I think
1: hearing different ways of just even like the word, like the kingdom, like how and I think even Jimmy talked about this today in class about how, um, you know, I think everybody thinks that the gospel is for them. It's, it has to do with their salvation and them going to heaven. But really the gospel is about the kingdom and it's about us. Serving the kingdom, and um, it's it's a free gift to us, but it has nothing to do with us. Oh. Um, and also, just like little translations of the word of different words and things, like the word "repent." Um, I've always been taught that repent means to turn away from sin, which it does. But there's one version of Of a Greek or Hebrew translation, I can't remember which one, that means to change the way you think about. And for me, that helped me, helps me more than just the idea of turning away from. Hmm. Um, So, like, just little things um, through the Gospels and little things through uh, the life of Jesus, um, just what we are called to do and the power that we have to do it. And I think. We're coming to a season in Christianity where we're going to start seeing things in in, in the Bible more and more here mm-hmm. on Earth, and I think um, the church is, is breaking a new horizon.
0: Hmm. So good. Um, you make your students read a book a month. Is that right?
1: Yeah. When we took a long, we did take a long uh, holiday break for mm-hmm. Christmas, and they read two books during that
0: month. Okay. Okay. What are off the top of your head what are some of those titles why'd you ask me off
1: the top of my head (laughs) um oh goodness we are they've read a tale of three kings
0: that's a good one
1: um they've read we actually um let them or made not made asked them to read uh a book by a guy named Mark Rutland Called Launch Out Into the Deep It's basically That was like the first book they read huh. And it had to do has to do with Someone launching into their ministry A guy named Mark Rutland um, He's affiliated with uh, Jensen Franklin He preaches at one of Jensen Franklin's church He was the president At Southeastern Bible College Down in Lakeland, Florida And then he Kind of helped ORU get on their feet too And um, but he's currently living in Atlanta and preaching, I don't know, once or twice a month in Jensen Franklin Church down there. Um, he's super awesome. He's actually a friend of our families, and we've done ministry with him for a long time. Um, they've read, um, they read Radical. They've read Worship Is What. It's an old book. It's by a guy named Tom Kreuter. Um But it's a really good book about just the whole idea of worship, what worship is. Um, And I'm a worship guy, so that book's the jam. Yeah. You should read it. Um, I don't even know if it's in print anymore, honestly. When we went to to order them, every copy we got was a used copy. Nice. Um, Which we might have to find a new book for next year. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, They've read uh, Victory Over Darkness.
0: They've read... I mean, I, I, just, I can't remember all sure, of them. Sure, sure, sure. That's that's a good list. Um, I, I got a couple more questions. I said it was going to be our last question. No worries. I, I lied. Um, as a worshiper, what uh, what worship song or album is really helping you connect with God right now?
1: Um, one, I keep going back to... Um, is the House Fires 2 record. Um, we um, we have a relationship with Ben Smith from uh, from Atlanta. He's at the Bethel Church plant land. He's the worship guy there, one of them. And um, he was in a band called Unhindered with a guy named Pat Barrett. And I've met Pat before, um, but Pat is the guy that wrote Good, Good Father. Hmm. And Good Good Father was recorded on House Fires' album, House Fires 2. And um, it's a live album. It's not like mixed amazing, mm-hmm. but it's almost like you're there uh-huh. whenever you're listening to it and you can feel the tangible presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good album. The songwriting is top-notch on that. Nice. Um, I really enjoy that album because it's... It's real. Um, I really like Bethel's new album. Um, I like a lot of albums. I like, I like pretty much anything Phil Wickham puts out. Huh. Um,
0: yeah. Cool, cool. And I think this is. Maybe going to be the last question. But uh your your school's really pointed at people if they want to get into full-time vocational ministry or if they just want to be a minister in the workplace. Um, this podcast is for, for everyone. What advice would you just have, you know, for people that want to do ministry? Like, as in... I, I'm more geared towards workplace ministry because mm-hmm. I think everyone thinks that they have to be in vocational ministry if they're yeah. doing ministry. So... What do you feel like your school is really helping? How are you helping equip people to realize, like, I can be in the workplace and do ministry? Well,
1: if you're a Christ follower, you're you're a minister. Yeah. And, you know, the command <laughs> that everybody points to, the Great Commission, it says, go into all the world and make disciples. It doesn't say go into all the world and make converts. Hmm. So just the... The statement "Go into all the world and make disciples" to me says: go everywhere, go to McDonald's, go to your job at Tractor Supply Company, and help people become better Christ followers. Yeah. Point people to Jesus on a daily basis, and um, and and it's not just a one-time and done thing. It's a walk with people type of a command. Hmm. Because making disciples isn't a... You can make a convert, but you're not making a Christ follower when you do that. Um, I think one of the biggest lies that... And and I think Jimmy even said this today. You know, Satan doesn't care if you get saved, if you believe. His whole um, goal is to distract you from what God wants you to... Or what... Jesus wants you to do, which is on put on the mind of Christ, right. and to put on the mind of Christ is to go into all the world and to heal the sick. It's to raise people from the dead. It's to do the things that Jesus did, and you can do that anywhere. You can do that with any people group of people, and that's what we've been communicating. And, you know, we've even gone and done some ministry in the street with the school, and it's been good. And we've done the typical church thing, too, where we've gone to some nursing homes and um, painted some people's fingernails and done crafts with some people and sang some songs. And, you know, it has nothing to do with working in a church. It ultimately has to do with following Christ and doing whatever he says to do. you know. Some of the best advice I ever got um, just about being a Christian is every morning when you wake up is say, Jesus, how do you want to be worshipped today? Hmm. To me, that says that Jesus might want to be worshipped different today hmm. than he was yesterday. Which means it has to do with what's on God's heart. What's on his heart is different than what's on our heart hmm. most of the time. And if you asked, um, there was an interview done with Mother Teresa, and and she was asked, when you think of the word worship, what do you think of? And she said, well, worship to me is giving a hungry child something to eat, giving a thirsty child something to drink. Um, Because in Matthew talks about in, in the parable of the sheep and the goats whatever you've done in the least of these you've also done unto me and so being compassionate and loving towards others it doesn't have to be done in fact it shouldn't be should, the majority of doing that should be done outside of the church more than in the church right. and so that's what we've been communicating
0: to the students that's awesome that's awesome, Jeremy love this interview uh, so good good hanging out with you too uh, this week would um, you just close us in prayer and pray for our listeners?
1: Yeah, man. Father, we just thank you for... Um, first I want to thank you for Jim, and I want to thank you for his heart uh, just to just communicate truth and to communicate the love of Christ to others. And, God, I just uh, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve you on a daily basis, and I thank you for everyone listening, God. And I just pray that their heart would be for you and For your kingdom and uh, to bring heaven to earth. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. If people want to connect with you, check out some of your music or uh, apply (laughs) for the Summit School, how do they do that?
1: Well, um, if you want to check out the school, go to summittrainingcenter.org. And um, there's some—that will reroute you to familydm.org or .com. And on there, there's a, a tab, STC. And uh, you can check out the links. There's an application to apply for the school on there. You can read about the school. You can contact me through that. You can contact me at info at summittrainingcenter.org. Or uh, if you are interested in some of our music, you can go to simplefullmusic.com and check that out too.
0: Awesome. All right, Jeremy, thanks so much. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on who we should interview next, contact us at doingministrywell.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at jimjessbaker.com. That's jim, Jess, as in Jessica, baker.com.